This podcast has been commissioned by the Office of the Chief Psychiatrist of South Australia. It is part of a proactive and impactful series of activities being undertaken across the state as part of the South Australian Suicide Prevention Plan 2017 to 2021. Their focus of making people a priority, empowering communities and translating evidence into practice underpins this amazing program of works. At its heart are the voices of lived experience, people from South Australia empowering others and making the saving of South Australian lives their priority. This is one of those stories. Hello folks, welcome to Roses Radio, I'm Lane Stretton, delighted to bring you this podcast today. Her story starts at 11 years of age and culminates in suicidal ideation through her teenage years and into early adulthood. She worked hard to learn to love herself and set out on a journey to find self-acceptance, love and a fresh appreciation for how wonderful life can be. That makes her an inspiration. She shares her story of progress, of family support and of resilience. Her name is Jen and she shares the podcast with me today. Lane here from Roses Radio. I'm in Adelaide, and today I get the opportunity to talk to uh, to Jen. Jen, welcome to Roses Radio. Thank you so much for having nice me. Nice to have you here. So, 11 years old was where the journey, when the journey started for you. Take yeah. us back to um, to your 11 year old self and tell us a little bit about your experience. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, it was around um, 11. Um, at that age, I actually um, noticed that. I was feeling very low in myself and um, after seeing a psychologist I got diagnosed with depression and not long after I got diagnosed with anxiety as well. Um, So during high school it it was very much of an up and down phase where I didn't really have a lot of friends and I found it hard as well to actually maintain friends as well so that really impacted my mentality. What were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing at 11 years of age? Like, How did you know that depression had arrived and anxiety had arrived for you? Uh, one, one of the biggest things was um, uh, when I actually approached my mum and, and, you know, just discussed the f- certain things about what was happening with um, myself and um, she, you know, 
straight away knew that we needed to go see a psychologist and, and get myself on a mental health care plan. And yeah, later saw um, a psychologist as well. And then um, as well, just in school in general, I just didn't really feel like I wanted to get out of bed. Okay. And yeah, yeah lock myself in the room as well. And, um, and your mum noticed, had your mum noticed some things or was this a surprise to her when you said, hey, I'm not good, I'm not feeling right? I guess it, it wasn't really much of a too much of a surprise, um, but w- with the conversation that we we had and, and went quite deep as well, um, she knew straight away that I needed some help before I would have a lapse and, and yeah. something would happen. So um, you know, I'm very I'm very glad glad that she had that quick thinking there. Um, to seek some help. Yeah, great. And it was obviously having an impact at school as well. Yeah. And definitely. and what sort of impact was it having at school? Uh, so with um, my depression, I, I, I definitely noticed in myself that I was taking a lot of things seriously and it made it very hard to maintain and find friends and, and to, you know, grow that friendship with people. So because you were too intense or you were, you were too yeah. isolated or withdrawn? Or... It, it, was a, it was a mixture of, of a lot of things because I do come across as, as a quite sociable, sociable person. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes since I, I like to interact with a lot of people, it can be quite... Um, full on and that's where the borderline personality disorder came in later down the track that's when we discovered that I also had borderline personality disorder so um, when I found that out it it just made me reflect on you know in my high school years it's like wow that's the reason why you know I find it so hard to find friends and that sort of thing. So explain a few things for you. Yeah yeah Yeah. no definitely it's it it was more the fact of um, like the mannerisms that I, I had and, and how I would approach certain situations and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I've definitely learnt a lot in myself probably in the last two years um, in, in how I act around people and, and sometimes to think before I say and that sort of thing. Okay. Well, I think we can all take a lesson from that. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes even I need to think about yeah, what yeah. I say sometimes. Um, but you, So you felt quite um, isolated at high school. You, yes. you really struggled to fit in with with certain groups that you yeah. potentially aspired to fit in with or even friendship groups that you might have had relationships with that you yeah. were now struggling with? Yeah, and it, it was a, I actually jumped from a lot of social groups as well, which definitely didn't really help me during my high school years. Um, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are, where you fit in and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So um, it was a bit of a, of a wild, you know, time in my life um and I was just very lucky that I had an amazing family there just to you know ease it a little bit <laughs> yeah. and, and tell me about your family what did they do how did they kind of wrap around you and scaffold you as you were going through this period of your life from 11 through 14 yeah and then into teen, later teenage years Look, looking like at the time, I didn't really notice it. But looking back, I've definitely noticed the little things that they did, where they just you know come into my room, check on me, and and say how you doing and that sort of thing, give me the space that I needed, but also you know checked on me if I if I do need some support or that sort of thing, or just be a listening ear really when I I wasn't feeling that fantastic. And especially since my mum knew when I around 11 that I I did have 
uh, or do have depression, she definitely kept a, a close eye on me years following on from that. And that's been really impactful for you, hasn't it? That's mm. that's something that you've reflected on a lot. Yeah, is this idea of um, checking in and uh, making sure that people are okay, but yeah. not necessarily letting them know that that's what you're doing. Just making yeah. it a habit to do yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, just you know, and it's just a simple thing as um, you know a little message saying, you know, how are you doing or, you know, let's go catch up for a coffee or something like that. It was actually not that long ago that I said to my mum, you know, we have actually caught up in a while. Um, do you want to catch up for a coffee? And, yeah, we just had a, had a great conversation. And after that, I just felt uplifted for the rest of the week, really. So, yeah, it's just those little things um, to, to put in place is, you know, so important. Yeah, they are. And do you have siblings? Yes. Okay, how old? I have one older sister. Okay. Um, she is 26, so okay. she's, yeah, she's amazing. Cool. And how does she go in terms of helping you through this particular period of your life? What was it like to have an older sister there kind of guiding or mentoring or, or, or also assisting to look after you? Yeah, she, she was definitely quiet and she didn't want to overstep too much, I have noticed. Um, but lately, probably in the past two years we've definitely grown a lot closer and we pretty much class each other as best friends now we're currently living together as well so um we love each other's company we always have a good laugh which is fantastic that's a really <laughs> special thing yeah no definitely love it to bits <laughs> yeah that's great so diagnosed at 14 D- diagnosed with depression at 11 not long after that was anxiety and then um, at age 21, I got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Okay, at 21 years of age. Yeah. 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 And that was a bit of a revelation for you? It, it, there was an explanation in that that made you look back and reflect on your behaviour and go, I finally know yes. where that fits, Yeah. why I was doing what I was doing. When, when I actually found that, when my psychologist told me that, you know, this may may fit you, just have a bit of like a look on, online and, and see if this actually fits you, if, if you feel that this is how you feel in these certain situations, because, you know, borderline personality disorder can be, you know, quite minor, but there can be cases where it can be, you know, quite major and, and some of the acts that they can do. And when, considering I saw probably about four or five other psychologists and counsellors and they never identified it, as soon as I saw her and she actually identified it, it was, yeah, a lift, a big, big lift. So was that really frustrating for you to see so many psychs and counsellors mm. over an extended period of time yeah. and not truly understand what it was that was happening? It, it, for myself, I, when I was younger as well, I didn't like the aspect of pouring out my whole life uh, to a complete stranger <laughs> and I mean look at me now <laughs> it's a little bit different but <laughs> um, but yeah at the time I just I didn't feel like I, I wanted to express myself and delve into my past um, and I just had that barrier there and I guess that's you know probably why I just you know didn't really discover my borderline personality disorder but as soon as I met this psychologist it was just we, we instantly built a, a beautiful rapport and, and, yeah, she once she diagnosed that, it was, yeah, it just made me reflect on the past how many years. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. What a great moment that must have been. You did mention to me that there was a period of time where you experienced some bullying. 
So mm. not only was there that isolation that you felt, um, yeah. not being able to form those friendships that are so important yeah. um, for a young girl at, at your age. Um, tell me about the situations with bullying and how did that make you feel? Bullying, gosh, um, bullying is terrible and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, 12 or you're 23, it doesn't matter if you're at school or in the workplace, it's a terrible thing to do. Um, and, you know, I, I did actually experience it in the, in the workplace as well. So experience it. So more it, recently? Yeah, well, probably in the oh, about two years ago, prior wow. prior okay. to yeah. you know finding out I had um, borderline personality disorder, I did actually um, experience bullying in the workplace. Did that um, take you back to childhood? Like when when that happened, did that bring up some stuff for you? It it did. Yeah. Um, it it brought imagine. up a lot of things as well, and I, I actually had to resign. Um, okay. As well, due to it, so. Um, yeah. Was it not handled very well? No. Wow, okay. No, and, there, and there, there wasn't a lot of things put in place to actually assist me in that situation, even though I, I asked to, you know, move to a different section to be away from this certain person because I did actually know this person outside of work. So it was one person yeah. who just took it upon themselves to make your life really difficult yeah. and unhappy. Yeah. Wow. And, and it's just the, the whole form, the whole thing of it as well, it just... The acts of it was very childish and it just it brought up a lot of emotion from high school as well of just having that bullying in place and it's just like, you know, even when you're older you still experience it. Yeah. It's it it's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. What was it like in high school? Was it what form did it take if you're comfortable talking about it? Was it just you know, you, you'd be called names or was it mm. that you were isolated or people ignored you or what? It could, it was a range of different things. Like, like you said, you know, just isolation, um, mainly because I, I didn't really fit in with a certain group. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm quite a plus size lady and I've always been plus size even since I was a baby. So I didn't really fit in with, you know, the cool kids or anything, but I wasn't nerdy enough to, to fit in with, you know, the nerds so yeah. it, it was a, a bit of a jump from friendship group to others and you know of course everyone else is trying to find themselves um but you know I wear glasses as well so I get I still get called four eyes when you know I was 14 so yeah. it's you know it yeah it's still crazy <laughs> and I'm imagining this had a really significant impact on your self-esteem mm, in a yeah. period of your life where self-esteem is so critically important and well it was also you know growing up I just I didn't know how to well what to do in those situations and since you know I was experiencing bullying I didn't think the right thing to do was you know go to talk to someone about it and I didn't feel comfortable in discussing it with you know family or friends so I would just keep it in and it would just eventually bottle up and then I would have a lapse and you know yeah I wish I sort of (laughs) spoke out a little bit more in a sense. So you made an attempt at um, you went very close to making an attempt at Mm -hmm. 21 years of age was this related to the you know, connected back into that workplace situation? Was it after that, before that? It, so um, it was actually before that. So okay. the, the bullying in the, in the workplace, um, that happened after my attempt. Um, so around the time of, of that happening, I, I didn't really have a lot of money. Um, I didn't actually have a lot of friends. I only had one friend, but at the time um, she had a child. Uh, she the child was probably only about you know six months old so of course she had a lot of 
um, you know, responsibilities there. So we didn't really hang out as often. Um, and then I also found out at the time that my partner um, cheated on me. And then that, that just created, um, pretty much broke the broke the stick. <laughs> so um She just felt very alone. Um, yeah. Very lonely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um so and of course I, I didn't know what else to do um in that situation. Um so I um I called my mum and and said, Look I, I do need to I feel like I need to go into hospital and put it place in confinement because I feel like I'm a risk to myself. Um so and yeah from that on I eventually saw a psychologist and got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder so your mum was the first person you called yes and what was her reaction when you spoke to her can you remember um <laughs> I, I think she she couldn't really understand what I was saying at first but she she got the general idea because I, I was I was in tears at the time so you were very emotional yeah okay um, and, and she sort of made out that she needed to come pick me up, um, from work. So, um, yeah, she, she did come and come and get me and, um, we spent several hours in the waiting room. Um, but you know, she was there by my side through the whole time. Great. And then what happened? So you spent some time in hospital? Um, yeah, so it was more just in the waiting room, waiting for, um, uh, just like a, a doctor to, to come see me and, and see what was going on. Um, yeah, so it was about seven hours after. Um, and, yes, pretty much they said, look, we're going to send you to your local NGO. Um, and they transferred me to them. Um, fortunately, they couldn't take me aboard, so they had to send me back to health. For those who might not know what an NGO is, what, what was that? Uh, a non-government organisation, so okay. it could be um, Anglicare, um, Headspace and that sort of thing. Okay. So you went to uh, some of these support networks. Who did you end up working with? Um, so they actually um, sent me to Headspace. Headspace. Yeah. What was um, that experience like with Headspace? Because um, yeah, a lot of people I've spoken to, there's a bit hit and miss sometimes yeah with headspace what was the experience like for you what actually happened when i when i went to headspace was that they sat me down they asked several questions in regards to what happened um and they stated that i was too much of a high risk and they that i needed to go see um the mental health triage mm -hmm. um so i had to go see them and then the mental health triage say, stated that um, I was, wasn't enough as a high risk, so I had to go back to Headspace again. So it was a bit of back and forth, which didn't really help my over, situation. Over a period of how long? Uh, probably about a week. About a week, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. so th look, the, the process was very quick. So they did want to, you know, try and refer me to, in a sense, the right services, but it was a little bit um, annoying that, um, yeah, I just wasn't getting assistance when I was very vulnerable at the time. Yeah, so do you remember how you were feeling during the course of that week? So you talk about mm. vulnerability. Was your anxiety levels, you know, off the Richter scale? Yeah. Uh, were you still at risk? Um, you know, how did people cater for, um, for your risk and your anxiety, mm. particularly family, during that period of time? Can you remember? It, it was a very um, stressful week. And I, honestly, my family took a lot... Um, 
to, you know, in a sense, monitor me 24-7 during that time. And, you know, when I first, uh, after I called my mum and we went to the hospital, it was just, you know, straight away, you can go home. Um, So that night, my parents were literally watching me. They didn't get any sleep. Um, So my my depression and, and anxiety was, you know, sky high. Um, and now it's like I, you know, my parents and my sister also had to carry that so as everyone's well. Everyone's very stressed. At yeah, this yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's just like, you know, you, you feel like you, <clears throat> for, for some people, um, it does feel like that um, you're a burden. Um, and, you know. Is that what it felt like for you? It, it did. Yeah, okay. To, to be placed in that situation where, um, you know, the headspace didn't want to take me or the mental health triage didn't want to take me either, um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, now it's my parents' responsibility for me. Um, and it's just like, you know, they've got their own thing going on. They've got to work. They've got to, you know... My mum actually had to look after my um, grandma at the time. Um, since she hurt her arm, so it was it was a very stressful time for, you know, my family and, and myself, and it's just we didn't really have that safety net there for us. Yeah, I imagine also that you know it, it reinforced that, um, yeah, those feelings through high school of not belonging. Mm. Where do I fit? Who wants me? What it, group do I belong yeah. to? Who's going to, you know, who's going to take me in and help yeah. me? Yeah, right. Where's that support network going to be? Because mm. I'm just bouncing around from. Yeah. Network to network. Exactly. And it, it, it was very much of like, I, I just want, you know, someone, yeah. like a, a professional to, to check in on me or, you know, just to spend 10 minutes um, to, you know, implement something and put something in place so I can recover and, and you know, in a sense, get along, get, get a new job or whatever it may be. What was the breakthrough? Can you remember there was a moment where you actually thought to yourself, you know what, I've, I've got something here to hold on to. I've got hope. Can you remember, was it a conversation? Was it was it a, a psych or a, a counsellor or a moment where you just went, you know what, okay, now the process is moving forward? I guess um, once I, I did actually meet the psychologist who I still see um, to this day, once I actually met her and we, we built this amazing rapport, I was like, Actually, you know what? I'm I'm gonna give it a go. You know, my family have done so much for me. Like I can I can push it a little bit further. And once I continue seeing going to those appointments and seeing that psychologist, it just unravelled um, everything. Yeah. You know. Awesome. What a great moment. What was different about this psychologist to all the other psychologists and counsellors that you'd seen that had. Mm that had been an unsuccessful process for you. Why did this one? You talk about having an amazing rapport. Yeah. What what is it about this person? I, I guess it was more with with other psychologists and counsellors that I've seen, it was just more about just like reading the questions from the book. I mean, like of course they didn't really have a book in front of them, but it just felt very like, you know, how did you feel in this situation and that sort of thing. Like they were going through the motions? Yeah. Like trying to get to know you or... And and when it was with um, this psychologist, it was just, we felt like we were having a conversation, much like what we're having right now. And I felt at ease, I felt comfortable. And, you know, that's how I eventually opened up a little bit more. It's all about that human connection. 
with mm. a lot of people because mm. if, if you don't really have with me anyway I didn't really have a lot of connections with you know friends and I just wanted someone to talk to you know, yep. really and you know now with this psychologist um yeah I, I I now have someone to talk to yeah awesome and the healing process started mm, yeah. and it but it was kind of 12 months before you um, had a little bit of a, a kind of breakthrough. I think you yeah. went through, you said you went through a period of unemployment as well. There was, was that prior to or after or? So um, the 12 months of unemployment was um, just out of high school. Okay. So that, of course, that definitely impacted my mental health. And then, of course, um, that's when, you know, it led to my attempt. I actually, um, I resigned from my job um, after my attempt um, due to, some bullying in the workplace um i then got my new job and then that's where i i actually received more bullying um which with the person that i knew outside of work as well um i i just said no i can't i can't do this i can't do it for my mental health um i need to look after myself and i resigned my job and now currently got a job right now that I love and they've got an amazing support program as well if you know we do need that extra assistance and you know luckily enough it's also casual so I can choose my hours as well if I need to take a day off also. And so tell me what this organisation has in place that is so different to the previous ones. What, 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 are, what do they provide for their employees? Yeah so um, since my, my work um, it's very customer service based we do actually deal with a lot of uh, customer aggression and that sort of thing and, and a lot of bullying from customers so of course you know that they have that um, it, it's a, an employment but it's, yeah, it's EAP, just, an employment assistance, yeah, assistance program. Yeah, so okay. it's something like that, and um, you know, you can just call them. It's sort of um, just like a bit of a safety net in regards to you know, it could be work related or personal. Um, if you can't really see your own psychologist, um, so it, it, you know, of course you can't access it all the time, but you know, it's there if it's needed, which is you know a good relief at the okay. end of the day. Have you used it? I haven't used it as of yet okay. um, because, um, you know, around the times when I've, I've actually had a lapse, I've actually needed to see my psychologist the next day. So <laughs> I've already had that appointment booked in place or I, I go see my mum and we just have a, have a coffee and, you know, feel so much better. After Sometimes that's all it needs. So just a coffee just a with mum. Just a good chat with mum. <laughs> right? yeah. Absolutely. Um, and 12 months later, you kind of... Uh, I guess discovered self care as mm. a, an idea, and yeah. that's become a really important thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. Tell it, me about you know how do you maintain you know your emotional state, and how mm. do you cope with the ups and downs and the pressures of life by implementing some self care strategies and rituals? Yeah, so pretty much what happened. I I don't know what came over me. I think I, I got a little bit harsh myself, and I said, look. No one's going to always tap me on the back and be like, it's going to be okay and, and that sort of thing. You need to, in a sense, start looking after yourself more and, you know, recognising your emotions and, you know, starting to see, okay, if you're, you know, getting a bit overwhelmed to take a step back and, and take some time for yourself. And, you know, now it's um, 
I've noticed it's a big change in myself because it's like I'm becoming my own best friend (laughs) and it's like I'm spending more time with myself and not saying that I'm completely isolating myself from others but a lot of people have actually noticed that I'm more happy in myself as well because I'm enjoying my own company I enjoy or, or love myself for who I am um and you know I still make time to to see family and friends and you know and my partner as well so and that's you know most important yeah tell me about your partner how supportive is your partner and how important is that to you yeah so um gosh yeah he's he's fantastic (laughs) What, what can I say about him I mean it's still very new but the way that he's just so supportive and, you know, if I'm saying, look, I'm just having a really bad day, I don't really want to go out and go to the beach or whatever it is. I just want to take some time for myself. He's like, look, take your time. If you need me, let me know. Um, but even if, like, he noticed something in, you know, my text message or if we're on the phone, he he knows that, you know, just to sit down and have a bit of a chat, um, uh, which, you know, we did last weekend as well um which was you know really great to know that I I can have someone there as sort of like another outlet um and he's made that very known as well which is which is really good yeah cool and you mentioned before that you had to in essence retrain yourself to Mm. learn to love yourself like you need to rethink through a whole bunch of things Mm. what do you love about you now that you didn't before uh, so, I mean, I, I didn't really touch this before, but I did actually, um, I was quite harsh myself, um, in my appearance, um, and, and my plus size. So you judged yourself Yeah, a yeah. And, and of course, you know, that brought me down quite a lot, um, as a person, because it's like, you know, I, I felt like no one really liked me or loved me or wanted to be my partner. Um, so I took that out of myself and... I started implementing these little things just to, you know, try and try and uplift, uh, uplift myself a little bit more. And I would sit at the end of my bed and I would say three things that I would love about myself at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, I, I just didn't really feel like it made a bit of an impact. So my mum actually said, look, try and say it in front of the mirror and you're saying it to yourself. And so, like, for example... Last night, I said that I love my eyes, um, I love my beautiful hair, and I love my nails as well, um, you know. So it's just those little things that you need to put in place to really say, you know, actually, yeah, I am quite fantastic. And not to, you know, judge yourself and put so much harsh words in your mind and, and that sort of thing, because you don't go up to someone and say, oh, don't really like your hair or anything you know you like to give someone a compliment so did you find it hard at the beginning to do that and then eventually you learnt to actually enjoy that experience you know and to be honest a couple of days sometimes I don't actually say it to myself because you know sometimes I can get really down on my look I just I'm not really loving myself at the moment so (laughs) I'm not gonna say anything but you know it even I can sometimes push myself and say, no, you know, if I don't like something about myself, I'll say I like what I liked about the day. So I can, you know, say I love the hug 
that my partner gave me and you know I love the meal that my mother made me it's just those little things of you know loving yourself and loving that day mm. um, can you know just just a little bit can ch- can change it they're enormously powerful when you think back now and you reflect on um, that little 11 year old girl um, <laughs> you know who was struggling with depression and um, anxiety and social isolation and everything that comes with that what, what do you want to tell that um, 11 year old girl now yeah oh gosh there's so many things <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that you know I wish that she knew as well um, but I know it's so cheesy to say and I know a lot of people say it but on high school after high school a lot of things can actually change I've traveled I you know I've gone so many places I've experienced so many things that I never thought I've imagined and it's it's like the beaches and you know all these beautiful churches in Rome and there's so many beautiful things out there that is to experience it's amazing but you also got to remember that you know you got to look after yourself as well um, so checking yourself every once in a while and see how you're doing. You know, it's okay to actually take a day off school. If, if you need to, if you feel that, that you need to take some time up to yourself and go to the beach, sit at the beach and just, you know, check in on yourself, sometimes you, you need to do that. And, and sometimes I say that to work, I'm like, I need to take a mental health day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite luckily, like, I'm very lucky that my work is very accepting of that as well so you know just check in on yourself every so yeah. often and I guess you know appreciate your family you had oh. an amazing family that were really yeah. important so um, you know really important that our kids understand how much their families mm. love them and, and, and our parents and how much our parents love us and, and yeah. how concerned they are for us um, uh, even when I'm 52 and and <laughs> my mum still checks in on me, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and gives me advice about my health and the vitamins <laughs> I need to be taking and all those sorts of fun things that mums do. Yeah. Because in her mind, I'm sure I'm 16 still, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, appreciating our families oh, and, and how much they care about us and, and finding the courage to open up to them yeah. and to be really open with them about what's going on for us and, yeah. and how we're feeling about things. No, definitely. I 100% agree. I, I've never been so... I'm not saying that I wasn't grateful before, but I'm definitely more... I, I guess they definitely notice it more now that I'm grateful for it. You know, I'm taking them out for dinner or, you know, it could be a really long hug. My mum has, has experienced a two-minute hug before. <laughs> Of, of how great, hug. yeah, it's, it's a long <laughs> hug, but hey, she says that she loves my hug, so yeah. she didn't mind. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, definitely, I'm very thankful for my mum for answering that call, and I'm very thankful for my sister and, and my dad as well for just being there. Yeah, well, I'm very thankful for them as well. <laughs> um, as, as far as suicide prevention goes, you know, we've got a lot of things that we need to change in our community around suicide prevention what are the things that you think as a society we need to be maybe thinking about or changing when it comes to helping people at risk like yourself back then you know, a few yeah years ago? um well 
I guess it's probably more of just having that safety net in place for those people that, you know, are in the place of they're not a high enough risk, but they're not, you know, low enough to go see pet space or, or someone like that. Um, then so it's, yeah, it, it's that idea of not letting them slip yeah, that, between the cracks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if it wasn't for me for following it up and, you know, actually saying, okay, yeah, no, I need to go to this place and, you know, me going to mental health triage and I actually said, you need to refer me to a psychologist if you can't help me. Um, she was fantastic and, you know, in pointing me the right direction. But there needs to be some sort of... Yeah, just just something there in the in the middle ground for for people like myself who are vulnerable and you know waited seven hours in a in a um, in a hospital um, to to be say look you can just be sent home. Um, it needs to be like some sort of follow up check or something. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it could be a range of different things. There could be like a whole different um, office. Of like just like a twenty four hour mental health office, so you don't have to go to the emergency department because, you know, um, someone that's dealing with a heart attack, it's a little bit different procedure. Of course, you have like the books to follow to follow that procedure, but for someone who's you know very vulnerable and 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 thinking of ending their life, it's a, a little bit different procedure because you know there could be different things that could, you know. Um, make that happen in a sense absolutely and and you've got to treat it on a case-by-case basis don't yeah because yeah. everyone's life is different everyone's experience is different absolutely and, yeah everyone's in a different place yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i don't know like a 24-hour mental health um, hospital or you know just something else as um that people can an go alternative. to yeah and an, an yeah. alternative yeah. um to seek help yeah Awesome idea. I love it. And um, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be people listening who are going to say, yep, that's absolutely what we need. What a great conversation we've had. Thank you so much for coming in and having a chat to us. Thank you so Lots much. Lots of really interesting things in there, particularly for our young girls out there to be able to see that, um, you know, things might not be great for them mm. um, at this particular point in time, but we can overcome. We can find resilience. We can find um, beauty. Um, yeah. And we can find people around us who really do love and care about us. And your story's been a terrific testament to perseverance and resilience and yeah. continuing to focus forward. And we really appreciate you sharing it with us on Roses Radio. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. Because you want to be heard If silence keeps you In conclusion, we remember those we have lost to suicide and we acknowledge the suffering that suicide brings when it touches our lives. We need to provide for all people a future that inspires and empowers individuals and communities and is filled with hope and meaning. If you or someone that you know needs support, you should contact Lifeline, a phone and online crisis support network. The Suicide Callback Service which provides professional counselling for those who are affected by suicide. Men's Line Australia, or the Kids Helpline, which works with children and teenagers from age 5 to 25 
offering phone, web and email counselling and information for parents. In the event that you might like to assist the work of Roses in the Ocean and their Voices of Insight Speakers Hub through speaking engagements in the local community, then please make contact with Roses in the Ocean on www.rosesintheocean.com.au or 1300 Hey, thank you so much for listening and we look forward to bringing you other inspiring stories from those with a suicide lived experience.